You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Let's go into the word of the Lord. And uh, this morning, um, the Mactaquack Dam uh, is an embankment dam that's used to generate, generate hydroelectricity in Mactaquack. Um, it dams the waters of the St. John River. It's operated by MB Power. It has a capacity to generate 670 megawatts of electricity from six turbines. This represents about 20% of New Brunswick's power demand. So that's a pretty large portion of the power that's needed in New Brunswick. One-fifth of it is generated by this dam. Formerly called the Mactaquack Generating Station, the dam and the powerhouse are located about 12 miles upstream from Fredericton. This dam is an embankment dam consisting of a rockville structure sealed by clay. It combines with two concrete spillways to form an arch across the narrow section of the river between the communities of Kingsclare and the West Bank and Keswick Ridge on the East Bank. It rises about 40 meters in height of river level, about 120 feet. The reservoir covers 87 square kilometers, goes back 96 kilometers upstream to near to Woodstock. This electrical generation uh, station began in 1968 after the reservoir of the Mactaquack Lake had completely filled and there was a flooding of the valley that, re that uh, resulted in the displacement of several thousand residents and landowners in areas such as Bear Island, small communities. Uh, it actually overcome a, a railway as well. It uh, re kind of replaced Pokeyock Falls. Um, it's, a quite a, it's quite a thing, and you can drive across uh, and see, see it, and it's, uh, it's an amazing sight. It's part of New Brunswick. The interesting thing is the incredible force and power that is produced by water. It is suggested, I hope they don't try it to see, but it, it is suggested that if the dam ever broke, the downtown of Fredericton would be flooded in approximately four minutes. There is an incredible amount of water that is held behind this structure. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about water power. Water power. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 15, it says, And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of one was Shipra and the name of the other Puva. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt 
called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this? Why have ye saved the men children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as Egyptian women, for they are lively. <laughs> they weren't making this up. It wasn't something to try to get out of trouble. It was the truth. For they are lively and are delivered ere the midwives come in unto them. They're having babies left, right, and center before we get there. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. God took care of them. These are the people that were supposed to be killing the kids. And they, they, they didn't, wouldn't. And so God took care of them, made sure they were okay. But this is what verse 22 says. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. That is an incredible demand of Pharaoh. Every boy would have been cast into the river to be destroyed. You can only imagine this morning the death that the river produced. Every boy child was being thrown into the river on purpose. The sight of that river for mothers would have been over the top, beyond imagination. You could only imagine what the smell of that river would have produced. The lamenting of, 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 of terror and fear and crying and sadness and over that river. The overwhelming grief, the absolute heartache. Can you imagine what the conversations would have been between mothers who had children thrown into the river. The heartache that they would have shared and the, the discussions that they would have had, the continual approaching of the river with a mourning mentality, just an absolute sadness. I can't even fathom how many children were thrown into that river to be destroyed. It was a place of death. That's the end of chapter 1. Exodus chapter 2 starts with, And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, the daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. So basically she was able to keep him from anyone knowing that she had a child for three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid him in the flags by the river's brink. The river that babies were being thrown into continually to die. She takes a little ark and makes sure that it's waterproof, and she sits it down by the edge of the river. 
And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. The place of death for so many children became the location for another boy child to be preserved. The same location, the same river. That was the location of safety for Moses. Yet the destruction of so many other children. It was the hope of the future that would be realized at this river. The future deliverer that God would use was spared at this river. You can only imagine God's mindset. You think, you think you can destroy the future. Let me show you who's in charge. I'm going to take a boy child and I'm going to allow him to be found at the same river. He's going to be the deliverer of my people. What you think is for evil will be meant for good. And out of that becomes the future deliverer of God's people. The power of the water. See, we see death and life at the same time in the same river. I can't fathom what mothers must have went through. Fathers, families, grandparents, all I can't imagine what, what the thoughts would have been around that time period. But also, the idea from Moses' mother that he was found at the river and is spared by Pharaoh's daughter and grows up inside of Pharaoh's house. You can read in Hebrews that there came a point and a time when that, that wasn't what Moses wanted. He said, I'd rather choose the affliction of God's people than to dwell. I'm making a decision. I don't know what happened when I was three months old. All I know is where my mother put me. And it was the power of what happened at that water that got me to where I am today. Yeah. We jump ahead to Exodus chapter 14. And verse 8, it says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh's, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. This is the beginning of the exodus from Egypt. And many years have passed. He lived 40 years within Pharaoh's house. And you see this. You can go through. I don't have time to go through the whole process this morning. But God calling him in the wilderness, in the burning bush, and and, and he becomes the deliverer. And we jump through all the plagues and everything's happening. And, and the firstborn of every home has died in Egypt. And, and now all of a sudden the people are being let go. Pharaoh steps back and says, you know, you got to get them out of here. Now, take whatever, just go. I mean, death had happened in Egypt. 
But verse 9 says, the Egyptians pursued after them. There was a change of heart. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them in camping by the sea. All of a sudden, there's going to be another water encounter. This is decades later. God's people have been spared because of a deliverer, Moses, who has gone to Egypt. And out come approximately millions of people. We don't know exactly. But it is suggested that it was in the millions. And now there's another encounter going to happen at the water. We see again water. This time God's people again are in dire straits. They're being pursued by the enemy. There's going to be a confrontation. There's no question. There's not going to be, you know, a debate. There's not going to be sitting down at the table for talks and they come to a conclusion. No, no, no. This is going to be a confrontation. Without question. Verse 15 says, The Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? What are you crying about? This has already happened for you before. What are you crying about, Moses? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Lift up thy rod, stretch out thine hand over the sea, divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them, and I will get me honor. This is the Lord speaking. I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Decades later, God's going to prove it again. You tried to get rid of all the little boys? Guess what? One was spared. You think you're going to get rid of my people again? Guess what? I've got things in store for you. I've got a plan. I've got a surprise. All you need to do is show up. That's what he's saying. That's my language. The angel of the Lord, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. The pillar of the cloud went from before their face, stood behind them. It came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. Basically what it's saying, God's people could see and the Egyptians couldn't. Moses, verse 21, stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. The children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on the left. You can, can you just picture what kind of a sight that was? This was not some little path. Millions of people are going to cross. And God allows there to be a strong east wind. The waters rise up on the sides and the ground dries and God's people are crossing, no problem. This is another water, a water confrontation. And immediately the Bible says, it came to pass that in the morning the, war, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians 
took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of the Lord for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. The Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand over the sea that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. Moses stretched forth his hand. Listen, Pharaoh's army was absolutely, utterly destroyed in the water. The same location that God's people walked through became the burial ground of the enemy. I'm talking about water power. Children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. There was incredible celebration, victorious song. That same body of water became the deliverance for God's people, yet the destruction for the enemy. God's people watch a miraculous event for themselves and for the enemy. Can you imagine? The Bible says God took off their cherry wheels. Listen, I just had this service last Monday. What is, this shouldn't be breaking down. I mean, this is, this is in good condition. I just bought it. It's brand new. We just had it made. How is it possible that the wheels are falling off? God took off the wheels, the Bible says. Water, power. You see the events that took place of Moses' life where he is spared through water, and then it's the children of Israel that are spared through water. John chapter 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Speaking to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It's not a maybe. It's not a might. If you do enough good things, no, no, no. Born of water and spirit. There's got to be a water encounter. He said to Nicodemus, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. Water power. Water power. Jesus is speaking of the power that happens of water. The necessity is being given of being involved in the power of water. That's why Paul writes about it in Romans 6. Know ye not that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we, you, should walk in newness of life. For if you have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, 
something powerful happens at the water encounter. When you go down in that watery grave of baptism, there is something that is destroyed. The past is removed. Uh, sin is forgiven. Uh, everything that was held against you uh, is no longer uh, on your slate. Uh, something powerful has happened uh, in the water encounter. Not only does something die, but he said that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing this, Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. And so what happens in that water encounter, when you come up out of that water, not only has something died, but there has something been resurrected in your life that gives you something to live by for the rest of your life. The old man dies, but there's newness of life. You're planted together in the likeness of his death, but there is resurrection. Sin is destroyed. No longer do you serve it. The past is destroyed. No longer is it held against you. Purpose, fulfillment, living water is available to you. Jesus answered and said unto the woman at the well, if you knew that gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. Yeah. This is a picture, a picture of another dam. That's got a lot of sentimental value, that picture. That's the dam in Cushapaquack. It used to be a hydro generation generating station. It was built in 1920. It served the hydro of Kent County. This is, this is the dam in the spring. You can imagine the power and the authority that comes from that water. I'm talking about little Cushpaquack. I don't know how many people here even know where it is. But that's where I come from. I come from a community that had a dam. I'm proud of it. Yeah, that's what it looks like in the spring. You already saw a picture of what it looks like all the rest of the time. Huh. What's so interesting, that at this dam, not at this time of year, but if we could show the next video, this is what happened. This is the same location. This is the same location that I just showed you. Oh, it's a different time of the year. But this happened just last October. You did it, Corbin. Yeah, this is the same location. 
this is the same water. Oh, the other water went under the bridge, <laughs> but more water came down. The same water that you just saw coming over that incredible dam that's no longer in use, this is what took place on October the 22nd. Oh, he comes out of the water pretty quick. It's pretty cold in October. And the next picture, the next picture is a celebration of four generations that were baptized in that exact same spot on the exact same date, only multiple years apart. Let me tell you, there was water power that happened at that location. Oh, the dam was built in 1920 to produce hydro for Kent County. As you can see, the generating station is no longer present. All you get is a gentle reminder for a few weeks in the spring of water gushing down over that dam. The history of that is, oh, it's, it's kind of sentimental to me. And I got pictures of the dam and the little video. And that, those are little keepsakes for me. But nothing is more powerful than that. Because it didn't matter that in 1920 they produced power for Kent County. What happened was the power that was produced in 1961, in 1978, in year 2000, and in 2021, where something died. Something died in each individual that went down in the watery grave of baptism. But there was a newness of life that arose because of water power and the name of Jesus being invoked over each person. I'm here to tell you this morning on a Sunday morning, if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, today is your day. Today is the day. This is the moment. This is the time because there's water power that happens through baptism. Oh, it was Moses, music come, it was Moses that was delivered by water in Exodus chapter 2. It was the people of Israel that were delivered by water in Exodus 14. But it was me. That can never, ever be changed, taken away, minimized. There will be nothing in my life or anything anyone will ever say or do that will change the fact that happened in my life in October of 1978 when there was a water encounter. And everything that's happened up to that point and everything that's ever happened since has gone down in a watery grave because of the power of the name of Jesus that was invoked over my life at the watery grave of baptism. If you're struggling, if you're struggling with 
the past and you've never been baptized, I've got great news for you. You don't have to struggle with the past. If you're worrying about the future and you've never been baptized, let me tell you, you don't have to worry about the future. Something powerful happens to you when you're baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. Hallelujah, your life is changed, transformed. Hallelujah, something happens in your life that you will never be the same. It is absolutely important that you're baptized according to the biblical way. Everybody baptized in the Bible is baptized by immersion. Buried with Him in baptism. Everybody is baptized in the name of the Lord. The name of Jesus. Nobody in the Bible is baptized in any other way than by immersion in the name of Jesus. And even when Paul came across those who had been baptized a little different, they hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. So his first question to them was, how are you baptized? And they said, well, we're baptized under John's baptism. Oh, and the scripture tells us that they're re-baptized. And God fills them with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you today. I encourage you this morning. That if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name. By immersion. There's a water power experience. There's a water power encounter. Goes all the way back to the type that happened at the sea. The Red Sea divided and became a type of the Israelites crossing over through the water to the other side while the enemy is utterly destroyed. Just think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. When you, when you are baptized in Jesus' name, who you used to be a slave to no longer owns you. No longer do you belong to. Because the name of Jesus is put upon your life and you become a child. I'll baptize any day of the week, any time of the day, with anybody present. Doesn't matter to me who's here, who's not here. As long as you want to be baptized, hallelujah, we'll do it in service. We'll do it when no one's around. It doesn't matter to me. All that matters is that you have a water encounter. And at that water encounter, power. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.